Welcome to season three of the Real Time Roots podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Christy L, and this is my co-host, Sarah. Hello, everyone. At Joy Believe, we help you create your own food and remedies so that you can create health and wellness for your family naturally. And today, we're going to be talking about, and for the whole season three, we're going to be talking about the remedies part of Grow Your Own Food and Remedies. And so today, we're going to talk about the time-wise aspect of making your own remedies, growing your own remedies, and even how to use your own remedies. So let's get started. So one of the things that I hear over and over again when I talk to people about making herbal remedies, growing herbal remedies, and learning about herbal remedies is, I don't have time. I'm busy. And I want to convince you today that you do have time and that you want to take the time to create remedies and start to use them because it's going to benefit your health, it's going to benefit your family's health, and it might even benefit the community that you live in. So the first thing I want to talk about is what I talk about to my members, and that is creating herbal remedies in the margins, studying herbs in the margins. Now, in the margins is that time period where you are waiting for something. All of us have periods in our day when we're waiting for something to happen. We might be waiting for a child to finish eating their dinner. We might be waiting for a kettle to boil. We might be waiting for the internet to connect, or we might be waiting for a Zoom call to start. And in those time periods, you might have five minutes or 10 minutes that you're just sitting waiting. Now, if you need that waiting time because your life is so busy, you just love the fact that you can sit and take a deep breath and and catch your thoughts, that's great. You're welcome to do that. But if you're one of the people that is saying, I would love to do herbal remedies, but I don't have time, this is for you. So in the margins, what we talk about is that every time you have that five-minute waiting period or 10-minute waiting period, that's time when you could be making herbal remedies, or you could be learning about herbal remedies, listening to a class um, on your headset while you're standing in line at the grocery store. Because it only takes five minutes to make an herbal tincture or to mix up a large batch of herbal tea. I just remembered a way to use some of the in the margin time. I have a puppy dog who I take for walks two or three times a day. And one of the things I'm able to do on my walks with my dog is actually gather some of the local wild herbs because I take her up the mountainside and I take her out to the hedgerows and I give her a chance to run around. And while she's running around in circles, I can harvest hawthorn berries and Saskatoon berries and I can pick up yarrow and I can pick up St. John's wort. And I just realized that that is a double use of time. So it works with being in the margins. And I just remembered that I did that this year. Absolutely an amazing way to gather herbs too. As long as you avoid the dog park, when don't gather herbs in the dog park. But the hedgerow beside the dog park that's up out of their reach works perfectly. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great use of in the margins time. And also you can use in the margins time to make herbal remedies and also to package herbal remedies. A lot of people will get the 
the jar going and I get emails all the time saying, I forgot to strain my tincture and it's been six months. Is it still good? Yes, it's absolutely good because it's being preserved in alcohol and all the wonderful constituents have been extracted into that jar and it's perfectly safe. As long as you see no mold in the jar growing on the surface, your tincture, whether it's six months, even a year old, is perfectly safe to strain and to start using. And it only takes five minutes to strain a tincture. Actually lasts. You take off the jar cap, put a, a filter on top of another jar, and you just pour it through. Done. So there's so much to do with making herbal remedies that you can do in what we call in the margins time. I resemble that remark. I still have two jars of St. John's wort that I haven't strained from last year. Excellent. You're ready for this year then. That's great. I have not yet strained my jars from this year, but I'm only maybe a week past when I should have done it. So I'm, I'm good so far. Ask me in January, though, if it's done, because I often just leave it. Actually, it will be done because where the jars are sitting right now is where I'm going to grow my microgreens over the winter. So once I start growing the microgreens, I'll for sure by then have strained all those jars. Now, the other thing about in the margins is that you're actually making herbs with, or you're making herbal remedies with herbs that you harvested yourself, that were growing local to you. Um, even if you have to buy herbs in commerce, but I, we highly recommend that you gather your own if you can. So when it's homemade, it's more potent. Um, you're harvesting it at exactly the right time when you should be harvesting it for potency, and then it's local to you, so it hasn't dried and traveled and lost its antioxidants by exposure to air. Or been crumbled up in the shipping process. And so it's going to be more potent and it's going to be less expensive. And in fact, that's even more important now when we're we're in the middle of hyperinflation. I heard from one of my members this week that herbs that were just $30 a pound just two years ago are now over $100 a pound. And so buying herbs in commerce is can be super expensive, especially when you're talking about an herb that isn't very common, like something like eyebright or bayberry bark. Or ginseng root. Ginseng is always expensive. It's gone up hugely, though. Even peppermint's gone up peppermint's gone up. And and the other thing to keep in mind is even if herbs seem really expensive when you buy them, it's super expensive to buy them in little tea bags. When you consider how much herb is in, say, peppermint tea or chamomile tea, when you multiply it off by the pound, it's hugely expensive, hundreds of dollars a pound. So gathering your own, making your own teas is going to save you a lot of money. And you can even get your own reusable tea bags. Or you don't need them. You can use a tea ball or a strainer. If you like the convenience of pre-prepping a tea bag, though. I do. I the do that. reusable tea bags or the press and seal tea bag works great. Especially if you're going to be traveling. So, shall we talk about the difference in homemade versus ready-made remedies? Because there is a huge difference in making a remedy yourself versus buying the exact same thing from the grocery store. And I will just pull an example. I did not have any glycerin-based elderberry syrup last year, and I ended up having to buy a small bottle so that I had elderberry syrup that was safe to give my under one-year-old. And that little tiny bottle, I believe it was four ounces or four and a half ounces, cost me over $28. And 
I could use that same $28 to buy enough ingredients to make two or three quarts of elderberry syrup, even if I was doing it as a glycerin base. And you have elderberries growing just about outside your door. Yep, except not this year. The elderberries didn't take this year. My trees are loaded. Awesome. The ones in town aren't. Too dry? I think so. A little bit. Now, if you have a remedy that you need to take daily, say three times a day, like I do with St. John's wort, then you're going to need to make about seven and a half quarts of remedy to take for an entire year. So using St. John's wort as the example, we wild harvest local St. John's wort when it's in prime. And so the only thing we're paying for is our time in the harvesting and the alcohol to do the tincture with. So that's seven and a half containers of vodka or brandy as the case may be. And our only costs are going to be that vodka or brandy. I believe a 750 ml of vodka is around $18 right now with the slight price increases. It's, it's going to vary depending on where people live. It's going to vary. Or if you're using brandy, it might be a bit more expensive. So you can check the prices in your area, do the math for your area. But the price for buying it ready-made for a year is going to be around $1,680 versus about $240 for making it yourself. Just the alcohol. For just the alcohol and then your time for wild harvesting. So you're saving a lot by making it yourself, especially if it's a remedy that you take daily. Now, for me, I take hawthorn berry daily, and we have a hawthorn tree growing right outside the door, but I actually have to buy enough hawthorn because my tree doesn't produce enough for me to use for a whole year. Uh, but even then, I'm only it's only costing me about $30 a pound, that's Canadian dollars, to buy hawthorn berries, and that's enough to make two quarts of hawthorn syrup and that will last me three three to four months of taking it every day so that would be compared to thirty dollars for two ounces so you're paying thirty dollars for 64 ounces versus thirty dollars for two ounces if you were getting it ready made that's right that's right that is a huge difference and and i use hawthorn for blood pressure for heart for um, circulation and that kind of thing. And I also find that Hawthorne added to any other remedy will improve the remedy. So I use Hawthorne quite a bit. It's one of my favorite herbs. I actually mis- mixed Hawthorne tincture in with my St. John's Wort tincture this year. I think that's a great idea. Great idea. It'll help carry the St. John's Wort through your circulatory system. It definitely seems to be helping more so than just the St. John's Wort in previous years. So I'm quite happy with that. That's great. St. John's Wort is also really good for just for muscular skeletal things and it's, nerves. It's actually a antiviral as well. It has a lot of uses. It's not just for depression. I like it because it helps my nerves. That's important when you have a child that's under two who has gotten really good at pushing buttons. Button pushing, that's the first thing babies learn. Yeah. Now, another part of the value of homemade remedies is. You harvest the herb at peak of ripeness, or you get herbs that have been dried or otherwise preserved at peak of ripeness, and you can increase the potency and get the benefit of that prime herb potency a lot easier and a lot less expensively than buying a pre-made remedy. 
That's especially true with things like St. John's wort, and it can also be true even with the more common herbs like chamomile and peppermint. If you're harvesting your own and preserving it immediately, it is simply going to be more potent and fresher and more beneficial for you than the equivalent herb that has been harvested possibly in another year even. And the other thing about using local herbs that I love is local herbs are stressed with the same things that we're stressed by in our environment. So if if we have like um, smoke in the air or funguses growing around us or molds growing around us, if the herb is thriving where it's growing, then it's already got all of the secondary metabolites or antioxidants that are going to help us thrive as well. And our bodies are naturally tuned into taking plants because we have developed alongside them. And so our bodies are naturally attuned to that. So when we give our body a plant like chamomile or peppermint, our body already knows what to do with it. And so it's not immediately taken out of the body by the liver as a toxin. If growing some of your own food sounds like something you're ready to do right now, I've got the perfect next step for you. My Fill Your Salad Bowl workshop is a concise workshop that will show you how to grow enough greens to fill a salad bowl every day. That's a great first step, just to fill a salad bowl. It's not overwhelming and anyone can do it. You can do it even if you don't have any land, even if there's three feet of snow covering your garden, even if you've killed houseplants in the past, and even if you don't think you have a green thumb. Here's what we cover in this workshop. Now remember, it's a concise workshop. It's not gonna take a long time to go through, so everyone's gonna have enough time to do this. You'll learn three different salad green growing methods that you can implement right away. You'll learn the exact methods I use to keep my salad bowl full so I never run out, even if I have unexpected company. You'll also learn where to cut costs and still be successful growing salad greens at home. You'll learn the ideal equipment to use if you want to grow greens faster and easier. The unique pitfalls to avoid with indoor and container growing. You'll learn how to save a crop that goes wrong. Where to find organic seed at reasonable prices. How to store your seed so it stays viable for years so that you can save money now on bulk seed purchases. And you'll learn the health benefits of sprouts, microgreens, and healthy greens and how to optimize these benefits in the way you grow them and the way you store them. We'll also give you 17 ideas for using homegrown salad greens in the kitchen so they never get mundane. If you're ready to start growing some of your own food and you think salad greens are a great place to start like I do, check the link in the show notes. So the next thing we want to talk about is a concept that I learned from my mentor, Dr. Patrick Jones of the Homegrown Herbalist School of Botanical Medicine, and that is the concept of how to take herbal remedies. He says you should take herbal remedies early, often, and after. And what that means is that it's a, it's a great buzzword. It's easy to remember. So I want everybody who's listening to remember early, often, and after. What that means is that we take herbal remedies at the first sign that something's gone wrong. So first sign of um, sore throat, cold and flu, 
for the first sign of sore muscles or, or backache or whatever we're taking it for. And then once we start taking it, we take it frequently, take it often. And that's because our bodies metabolize it like food. And so because it's plant matter, our bodies recognize it and metabolize it quickly. And so we should be taking it frequently as much as for colds and flu, taking elderberry syrup every two hours. And if you're awake at night, even continuing to take it at night. And then after you start to feel better, you should take it after take it, continue to take it for a couple more days, just so that your body has the building blocks it needs to, to repair any cell problems that have happened, any cell damage. So early, often, and after. And this can also be applied for when you're making herbal remedies. I like harvesting herbal remedies from my garden. I often have a few small plants of whatever I'm harvesting. An example could be sage or peppermint or chamomile. And when I go out to check for my tomatoes or I go out to harvest some parsley for the dinner, I'll also harvest whatever is ready of the other herbs I'm growing. So that could be a couple sprigs of my sage to hang up to dry. That could be some extra parsley to dry. And basically, I follow the often method with harvesting my homegrown herbs. Whenever something's ready and looks like it needs a trim, it gets harvested. And if I'm not going to use it immediately, it gets dried or put into a tincture. So you're harvesting your herbs in the prime and in small quantities. It also helps to pr- as it acts like pruning too for the plants. So it encourages them to grow bushy, which gives me even more plants matter to harvest. And you can never have enough sage or basil. Or mint. Also, when you're harvesting your own from your garden or from the local area, you are getting them at the strength and potency. When you buy herbs, uh, commercial herbs, often they're not harvested in their prime because people are trying to make money. So they're just gathering everything. And so you could get, say, hawthorn berries and there'll be some green ones in the package because they didn't wait until they were ripe. But when you're harvesting your own, you only take the the ripe ones and then you go back, right, and and get more from the same the same plant or from the same area of plants. So you're getting the herb at its strongest potency, at its best strength. So your herbal remedies that you make at home on that principle are going to be better for you, stronger for you, and more active than even buying herbs in commerce. And we can continue the topic of early and often with how you make your remedies. And my favorite way to do remedies honestly, is in small, frequent batches. And if I get an injury or something, like I did earlier this spring when I managed to re-aggravate an old bone bruise, I made myself a small, two-ounce size container of infused comfrey oil. And I did that with a hot infusion on the stovetop while I was making dinner. And then I was able to use the remedy the same night to help my leg feel better. So... The excess of that oil that I don't need is tucked to the side in my herbal apothecary and is waiting for when I need it again. And basically, you can make an infused oil, like a clendalin infused oil or any type of infused oil, while you're working with your stove or in your kitchen doing something else, because you just need to keep an eye on it once the herb and oil is combined. And you can do the same thing with if you want to make lip balms or a balm or a salve, you can use a master recipe and just 
set up all the ingredients, set it to start melting in your double boiler, and just monitor it until you need to divide it into individual containers and add the specific essential oils, herbs, colors, micas, or whatever else you want to add to it to make the individual item that you actually wanted to create. So you're doing this while you're cooking dinner, waiting for this, the rice to cook, or waiting for your sauce to thicken. So you're doing it in the margins. Yep. That's why making small, frequent batches is awesome, because you're not trying to do a huge amount at once. And you can just use one burner or your crock pot, if you're not already using the crock pot for dinner, that is. And one of the things about small batches is you can calculate out how much you need to prepare. So if you're making tinctures, you probably want to prepare around 90 milliliters per day if you're planning on taking it three times a day. If you're preparing teas, you want to calculate out about 12 grams of tea to take per day. And if you're making something like capsules, that we have the methodology to do so on the Joy Belief Farm blog, you want to calculate out about three to six capsules per day. And once you know how much you need per day, you can calculate out how many days you're most likely to need it. With things like the Hawthorne Tinkature and the St. John's Wort Tinkature, we take those all year round. But with something like elderberry, you may only need it for maybe a two-week period, or maybe even multiple two-week periods if you have kids who are in school. So you can calculate based on average frequency of illness, or if it's something that's more long-term, like I have chronic back pain, so I take turmeric every single day, you can also calculate it based off of those margins. And then you can go, okay, I want to be able to have, say, a glass of peppermint tea every day. So then you would need, for one bag of tea, you need at least five grams of peppermint. And then you would calculate that out by the number of days you are planning on consuming peppermint tea. And then you make sure you harvest and dry enough peppermint to satisfy your desires for peppermint tea. So for most people, though, they're going to be harvesting peppermint from their garden. And the way you do that is you just cut, you know, the top six to eight inches from the peppermint plant growing, cut it above two leaves and bundle it up and hang it to dry if you live in a place with low humidity. So you're not going to be measuring out two grams of tea until you actually have it dry stripped from the stock, and then you're ready to use it. So realistically, what Sarah is sharing is basically if you're buying tea in commerce, but if you're going to grow your own, then you're not going to weigh it. If you're doing the harvesting with the early and often mentality, the first bundle of peppermint that you dry when you strip it off of the stems, you see how much volume you have, and then you know how many times you want to repeat that to be able to have enough. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And once you think you have enough for your needs, do one more bundle of herbs or one more jar. One of the things that I've been doing a lot along that line is sharing with other people. Uh, when I hear that they're sick or they're in need, I'm, I have something ready to take over to their house to make sure that they have what they need to overcome. Now, one of the reasons you want to continue taking herbs once you've started taking them early and often is that the herbs provide necessary building blocks for our bodies to recover. And that's things like flavonoids, antioxidants, um, coumarins, and other compounds in the herbs, depending on what herbs they are, that your cells need to recover. So one of the reasons to continue taking elderberry past the point where you think you need it anymore 
is because the antioxidants in the elderberries help your body recover and help your body keep the virus or cold from rebounding on you. And the same thing can be said for things like taking hawthorn, taking hot peppers, taking cayenne pepper, taking turmeric. It gives your body the building block to recover. It's one of the reasons that I'm taking a turmeric ginger drink every single day, three times a day, is because it not only helps with the inflammation, but if I only take it twice a day, then in the middle of the day, I have a rebound of inflammation. So taking it three times a day means I keep my inflammation under control and I can stay active, pick up my daughter, run around with her, run around with my puppy, and just keep moving and keep my family running. And that is one reason I love the turmeric drink. So what's in the turmeric drink, Sarah? Tell us. Well, it's lemon, ginger, turmeric, black pepper, and Ceylon cinnamon. And then I mix it up with hot water and honey. And one of the very funny things I've noticed is if I take it with cold water and a pre-made honey solution, it doesn't actually have the same anti-inflammatory effect for me that it does if I take it with the hot water and let it stand for five minutes before I start drinking it. Isn't that interesting? It's almost like the water actually extracts more if it's hot. Interesting. Versus your body trying to extract the compounds from the roots. I think it just makes it more bioavailable. Is is this a tea or is it a drink mix? It's, well, it can be made as a tea, but what I get is a ground up form that's a drink mix. So it's ground lemons minus the peel with whole ginger root, whole turmeric root, and then whole pepper and cinnamon. And I get it pre-made because I'm slightly lazy. And there's a person in my locality who is making the drink mix. So you buy it, but but you could make it yourself. Yes, and I have made it myself, but usually when I make it myself, I do just a slice of ginger, a slice of turmeric, a slice of lemon, a little bit of honey, and I skip out the black pepper and cinnamon. So I think buying the pre-made mix in this case, it's supporting a small local business and a homeschool family and just generally is actually beneficial, more beneficial for me than doing my own Thing because I wouldn't be as thorough. And and you're also, e- you're actually eating the whole plant. It's not just a tea, right? Correct. I'm actually consuming the um, mix because it's basically a drink paste that I get sealed in a jar. And then you're, you're continuing to use it even after you think you don't need it anymore because you're feeling better. Pretty much because if I stop using it even for two days, then I definitely notice that I forgot about it. So what does it do for you? It's helping you with inflammation, helps you move better, less pain. Is that right? Uh, yeah, it's helping me with my lower back inflammation. And I've also noticed that it seems to be helping a little bit with some of the other general aches, pains, and inflammation that I was getting used to. It's also helped reduce uh, delayed onset muscle soreness from things like hiking, gardening, and helping other people with things. I've noticed that my recovery time frame is a lot faster at the moment than I thought it should be. Because you're taking the turmeric, which is an excellent anti-inflammatory pain reliever, right? Yep. I blame the turmeric and everything else that's working in synergy with it. You mean you credit the turmeric? If you're just getting started thinking about using herbs to make something so that you can feel better and start to tap into the natural wellness, I've got the perfect course for you. 
my course, the Inspiring Botanical Drinks Mixers and Elixirs course. In this video course, you'll learn how to make healthy beverages that will help you break away from sodas and sugary drinks or plain boring water. Even if you have a two or three soda a day habit, even if the kids are home and you keep running out of ice and ideas, even if you struggle to get enough fluids in your body because of the heat, even if you are watching your macros, your carbs, or your waistline, even if you have food sensitivities or allergies, and even if the rising price of food and drink has you making tough decisions about where to cut costs. If you are making more food at home and watching your budget, but go to the same bottled beverages day in and day out, this class will inspire you to up your game in the beverage category with healthy and creative options that are also kind to your budget. So have a look at the Inspiring Botanical Drinks Mixers and Elixirs class. You'll find the link in the show notes. So we've been talking about using herbs after we no longer need them or after we no longer think we need them because we're starting to feel better to provide building blocks for our bodies to recover. But now I want to talk a little bit about that same concept, but in the aspect of building a year's supply of remedies by making more than one batch. So in the case of the turmeric, um, you might not use the fresh turmeric because it has a, a shelf life because it's fresh, it's not dried, but you might then uh, substitute in the middle of winter dried turmeric tea with the same ingredients, but dried. Yep. And then in that aspect, you want to kind of change what you're doing based on the season um, because Sarah gets that turmeric drink that she was talking about at the farmer's market. The farmer's market here is not, is a seasonal market. So um, although I think he's selling his stuff at the dairy now too, local dairy, but if you wanted to have a year's supply, then you might want to switch and dry some. And then you would have enough to go beyond just the one batch at a time, especially if it's something you're taking every day and you become reliant on it, then you want to make sure you have a store of it. And so that's where the after concept comes in when we're talking about building our herbal apothecary and making sure we have enough to get by. Um, as Sarah said earlier, always make one more batch and or harvest one more than you think you need to make sure that you can get by. And that, that gives you an advantage because next year there could be a crop failure. Like Sarah said, um, in her area, there's no elderberries right now because there basically there's been a crop failure because of the drought, because of the um, not enough rain, or maybe it was too wet in the spring for pollination. And uh, so she has in her area a crop failure. So her choice is either she made enough last year to get by, or she could go higher up in the mountain where there still is some elderberry in this area. Sarah, you had something that happened in Israel when you were there for two years. Was it two years you were there? Yes. When you were there for two years, um, you were using herbs in Israel. Can you tell us about that? Well, the fun or awkward part is... Israel has a completely 100% different climate than British Columbia, Canada. And it's a lot hotter. It's a lot drier. It's probably closer to a zone nine. And the trees, plants, herbs are completely different. So one of the things that I had to do while I was in Israel was figure out 
what plants around me were antibacterial, what plants were antiviral, and what plants were anti-inflammatory. And one of the things that I did was I harvested olive leaf. Olives were everywhere in Israel. They were in the, like beside the road. They were in the roundabouts. They were in the parks. So it was very easy to harvest enough olive leaves to make a small two cup jar of olive leaf tincture. And I ended up using that tincture four times while I was in Israel, both times when I ended up getting quite sick quite suddenly because I contracted a virus. And olive leaf was antiviral. And surprisingly enough, that small two cup jar was enough for me for two years. But again, I was on my own and that herb was sufficient for the antiviral. I was able to get turmeric from some of the local stores for anti-inflammatory. And I was able to source some of my other herbs like sage and oregano. Actually in Israel, I had to source za'atar, which is in the oregano family, but is a little bit different for their antibacterial benefit. So no matter where you live, there are herbs that can be used. You might just have to learn which ones are there locally. And might have to get used to a slightly different flavor profile. Which is fair. Which is fair. But you were still able to source source herbs and make your own remedies. I remember another remedy that you made while you were in Israel that was suggested by your roommate, and that was cayenne tincture. Yep, hot peppers in vodka. What did, what did you use that for? Uh, that was also for antibacterial benefit and also a little bit for like reducing, well, increasing body temperature when we are cold be- just because everything in Israel is made out of stone. So in midwinter, even with the heat going, you would get very, very chilled. So one of the best ways to get rid of internal chill is either be constantly drinking hot tea or just take a teaspoon of a teaspoon of cayenne tincture. The way we made the um, cayenne tincture was just taking like three thin slices of a hot pepper and putting it in a container of vodka. Oh. So it wasn't a lot, but I will admit that the container was only 250 ml with three thin slices of hot pepper in it. And it was still hot. It was very, very hot. Wow. For me. Wow. I have also done it since I got home with um, some hot peppers that I grew myself with my fish peppers. And I accidentally miscalculated and put three whole peppers in a 250 ml bottle. Yeah, two drops of that's enough to knock your socks off. Excellent. Excellent. Yes. We, we Canadians are learning how to uh, tame peppers. It is fun to grow peppers indoor all year round, though. Just keep them out of the way of the baby. (laughs) So this season, season three of the Real Time Roots podcast, we're talking about things like fire cider, elderberries, culinary herbs, how to use them more effectively, and also some creative things to do with herbs. For instance, this season is going to take us into the holiday crafting season. So we're going to be talking uh, later in the season about making holiday gifts uh, using culinary herbs and using medicinal herbs. And it's going to be really fun. I hope you'll join us for them. And we're even going to be talking about making wellness baskets. I'm really excited about it. Awesome, Sarah. Now, we always leave you with a positive action, and today is no different. Uh, The positive action we want you to take is to go to the blog post on the Joy Belief Farm blog, Herbs for Tea. 
And in that post, you're going to learn how to make your own herbal tea blends. And it's very fun. Um, and it will give you something that you can do in the margins. Doesn't take much time to do. And the results are fantastic. And you'll find the link in your show notes. Thank you, Sarah, for joining me today and helping us to excite our listeners about herbal remedies. And thank you, listeners, for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends. And while you're looking at that blog post, don't forget you want to use herbs early, early, often, often, and and after. after. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.